0: The number of cases of obesity and diabetes are growing all the time. Can technology be the thing that solves that? We're going to be speaking all about that and talking about how tech could possibly redress the imbalance of healthcare. Welcome to episode 49 of Sideload. Welcome to Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman, London. I'm Jermaine Dallas and today we're getting our heads around health tech. Tech is transforming most industries and in healthcare there are uh, growth prospects as well as a complex web of hurdles to get around. Uh, one of the potential benefits is addressing the imbalance that has plagued healthcare in countries around the world for years. Today's guest is riding the wave of innovation and looking ahead at where tech can level the playing field for all patients rune beck is a journalist turned serial health tech entrepreneur his latest venture is lever healthcare a health coaching app lever healthcare is currently working with the nhs to combat both obesity and diabetes in the uk rune welcome to sideload
1: thank you so much pleasure to be here
0: so rune what's the lay of the land at the moment in terms in terms of healthcare who are the companies that are growing and where will growth come from in the future
1: well, one trend that is really clear at the moment is that lifestyle-related diseases, they are uh, increasing, and they are increasing quite dramatically. In the If we're looking back at the past 20 years, we have seen uh, lifestyle diseases like diabetes type 2 uh, or heart disease grow quite uh, rapidly. Uh, we have roughly doubled the number of diabetes um, patients now than we had 10 years ago, and we have more and more um, overweight and obese uh, people. If you look at the UK, roughly 63% of the population are either overweight or obese, uh, which is a um, a quite high number. And this is um, uh, causing a lot of uh, chronic diseases uh, like diabetes, like cancer, heart disease, um, and uh, a long list of of other things that actually uh, can make your lifespan shorter and can cause uh, a lot of trouble for you. So um, there's a lot of growth in the area of trying to combat uh, lifestyle-related diseases, and um, this is uh, why we founded Lever Healthcare five years ago. Uh, as you mentioned in your introduction, I have um, I've been in the uh, in this health tech space for quite a long time. I'm I'm actually one of the dinosaurs, so to speak, in in health tech. Uh, I founded uh, NetDoctor.co.uk uh, back in '98. Uh, and have been in the digital healthcare space ever since. Uh, Lever Healthcare is the, the fourth uh, company that I've set up, uh, together with a dedicated uh, group of people to uh, to try to uh, find innovative solutions in how to deal with uh, healthcare.
0: And so where will, um, where will the, the future lie? It, it seems strange to me that uh, we have access to more information that we than we mm-hmm. ever have done but lifestyle diseases are the, the main problem so 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 where do we go um is it the, the case that we will look at and um, combating the issues that we already have or are we going to be sort of preventing them in the first place
1: yeah that's a really good uh, observation uh, that we do have information overload and i think most people they know perfectly well how they should live their life uh, however it is increasingly difficult and one of the, the troubles we have with the, our way of living our life at the moment is that we are sitting too, too much uh, still, either sitting in our car or in a bus or in a train or sitting at our desk or sitting in, in our sofa um, at night watching TV or Netflix. So we're sitting a lot. We're not moving around as much as if you, if you go 100 years back, you know, uh, humans had to, to hunt and to fight and to work hard and to move around in order to survive. Um, so we've, been, we've become very comfortable. And at the same time, um, food has never been easier to get your hands on. And especially processed food is, uh, is very easy to, uh, to get your hands on. More and more people are not uh, cooking a, a, a proper meal at home, but are, are living from the takeaway food or um, ready-made food, processed food. And this combination of um, sitting still, and eating too much and eating too much of the wrong kind of food uh, is basically a perfect storm in terms of uh, uh, the, the healthcare uh, situation we have. So so there is a, a big opportunity in health tech in trying to, um, to prevent uh, this from happening, helping people to live a healthier life. But also uh, once it's gone wrong and people have caught the diseases to help people uh, do disease management, and to stop the progression of the disease. And um, and basically what we do in Liva is exactly that. So we we give um, each of the individuals that sign up for the service, we give them a personal health coach that will take them by the hand, will make a bespoke individual program for them of how to change their lifestyle in order either to prevent um, getting a lifestyle disease or to help them manage one if they already got it and trying to stop the progression, trying to to stop the disease from from getting worse. Uh, So it's all happening digitally. So you you sign up digitally, you meet your coach in a video call, and you have your ongoing dialogue back and forth with your personal coach uh, through an app on your smartphone. So um, this obviously makes it uh, more efficient than traditional old school uh, classroom education. That is normally looking back at the the past decades, what has been offered from healthcare providers. Uh, that you could come into a session once a week or every fortnight, and you could um, you could have um, uh, somebody with a healthcare background explaining you how to deal with your disease. So this is more efficient. It can reach more people. It costs less. Um, one healthcare professional, one health. Health coach can manage more people than in a physical face to face setting. So there's a lot of benefits actually
0: in moving in this direction. Sure. So you, you, you talked about there being opportunities for companies to address these um, lifestyle diseases, but how many people are currently capitalizing on that opportunity? Um, how unique. Um, are companies like lever healthcare is it a crowded space do they need to be more players in this space to help um, more people um combat these diseases uh,
1: we have seen in the states um, that this uh, trend of making digital uh, coaching it started roughly 10 years ago it came a little later to europe um, it's been in europe for the past four or five years so we have, um, we have been more or less creating this market by, by putting this solution out there in Europe. Uh, there are some American players in the U.S. Uh, that have been uh, and working closely with uh, insurance uh, companies in the U.S. and uh, healthcare providers and trying to mature the American market. Um, and um, one of the really important um, milestones in bringing this to Europe was actually a decision by the NHS back in 15. That they wanted to be innovative and they wanted to test out digital solutions so they invited um, digital providers back in in may 15 they invited them for a big meeting in london at the hilton um, to um, to come and hear the vision for the NSS to invest heavily in both uh, prevention um, especially in the field of uh, type 2 diabetes and the field of obesity and overweight um, patients but also uh, Investing in, um, in disease management, making sure that if you are newly diagnosed, that you, you actually will get somebody to take your hand and try to steer you through the trouble and stop the progression of, of your disease. And they put a, a quite heavy budget into it. And um, they were the, the first in Europe uh, really to, uh, to go into this uh, big time with a big budget. And um, and they invited all players in the area to uh, to come and have a look at the opportunity and to pitch different solutions to the the trouble. And some of the providers they came up with with pure play digital solutions where you just download an app and you are in contact with an algorithm or a um, an avatar, so to speak, and it's fully automated. Um, other players like Viva Healthcare we came up with the idea of using technology to assist uh, health coaches in doing what they're really good at, um, speaking to an individual, uh, probing what is uh, the situation here, and trying to make a bespoke individual program for for each each person. So and the NHS looked at all the the many solutions pitched, I think there were like 87 different solutions pitched to them, and they ended up selecting five that they wanted to test out in in, uh, real life, and they allocated a couple of regions to um, to each of the, um, the the players that they wanted to uh, to uh, to play ball with. So we were allocated patients up in Yorkshire, in Humber Coast and Vale, and uh, down in South East London. Um, uh, and basically, then the NSS um, allowed the five players uh, shortlisted. Um, to battle it out on the ground with real patients. And um, and they have then been sitting in the background, looking at the data and trying to figure out which opportunity is, uh, or which solution is the best and uh, and uh, how to move this forward in the, the best possible way. So I think we have to say thank you to the NHS for trying to kickstart something that has been going in the States uh, for a little longer, bringing it to Europe and also inspiring a lot of other uh, players around Europe uh, to to start uh, taking digital healthcare seriously and trying to put scale into something that has previously mostly been pilots, and um, and the, as you can imagine, we were quite thrilled getting the opportunity to work with the NHS um, and being through this quite rigorous selection process, uh, shooting it out with eighty seven other players, some of them you know big household names. Um, that uh, you would expect to um, to 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 win something like this easily, but they actually ended up uh, selecting uh, several um, uh, startup companies and gave a lot of trust into uh, ideas and the management teams for delivering. So, and if you look back at the results from taking this uh, great uh, leap into leap of faith into something that was relatively new and untested in Europe. Um, we have been able to uh, to do some quite dramatic outcome data uh, with the Liva Healthcare solution. On average, uh, if we are handed a uh, hundred uh, pre-diabetic patients, uh, we will be it would be possible for us to reverse the situation healthcare-wise for uh, roughly um, forty to forty-five percent of the uh, pre-diabetic patients that. Uh, that go into the program and, uh, and join the program. And, uh, and it's looking even better if you look at the blood sugar levels. So for roughly um, 70% of the patients, uh, we can lower the blood sugar levels for the, the patients. So they, they bring down their risk and they bring down um, the, um, the chances that they will get uh, type 2 diabetes. Uh, so, so there's some quite um, robust uh, outcome data. Um, clinical outcome data that's backing up that this is actually working and, yeah. um, and backing up also that you, you can reach more patients for less money which is uh, really what we, um, we all hope to be able to do in the future
0: yeah. And, and that's uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you, actually, when you talked about reaching more patients. Um, there's this um, really big problem that we are seeing all over the world in terms of um, there's just this huge imbalance of the, the 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 people that have access to healthcare. Do solutions like this, whether it's um, digital um, coaching or, or wider in, in technology in general, that are sort of and democratizing healthcare and making access to everyone, as opposed to um, a privileged few.
1: Yeah, that's a um, an issue that we actually care a lot about the equal access to healthcare, and something that we're dedicating quite a lot of resources in trying to uh, to make sure that it, it comes true. Um, we have recently closed a a deal with um, um, in Trafford uh, in the Manchester area. Uh, together with eight organizations, where we are um, focusing exclusively on the BAME um, population, uh, in trying to help them access solutions like this and reaching out to them and marketing these services uh, exclusively to this um, this group of, of uh, patients. So, um, so it's something that uh, I th- I think digital solutions are actually quite good uh, because you can uh, you can easily. Um, go out with uh, a solution in many different languages. Uh, you can you can reach these groups. Um, nearly all people have a smartphone uh, these days. If you look at the UK, it, it has one of the highest um, ratios of people with a smartphone. And even in in socio demographic groups um, that are are not in the the highest uh, uh, end of the, the scale, you will see that a smartphone is um, is in most pockets. Even uh, some people in uh, that are homeless. We we saw in northeast London that some of our clients that were referred by the NSS actually were homeless people, but they they did have a smartphone and uh, and could access the service in this way. So I, I believe if you if you get it right and you you think it uh, in the right way, you can actually um, you can use digital uh, healthcare and health tech solutions to uh, to try to to level up um, in in terms of. Um, the social imbalance in access to to healthcare.
0: Yeah and um you, you you mentioned the the trials that you're doing in the Trafford area in Manchester and um, particularly among uh, BAME communities we've seen for example that uh, BAME communities have been harder hit with COVID-19 with exactly. um, obesity being um, a, a real sort of risk factor in that disease and then you also bear in mind the fact that BAME communities are also very hard hit by diabetes more so than other communities is, is is this sort of the the step that we need to take rather than just looking because what we're seeing at the moment is that we're seeing findings from research saying that um, these communities are harder hit but um, maybe not enough being done to actually address the situation is this what we need to address the situation and how effective is it being at the moment
1: yeah, I think um, it's it's a really valid point you are putting there. Uh, we have seen with COVID nineteen that uh, that BAME uh, groups uh, have been really uh, hit hard um, because of many factors, I guess. And uh, I think uh, we are actually putting a lot of resources into uh, to trying to come up with solutions that are specifically targeted at this uh, group. Um, the the Trafford. Uh, agreement that we have the partnership we have entered into with eight organizations up there, among them eight UK, Trafford, um, Empower You, uh, Manchester Death Centre, the Pakistani Resource Centre Traffic Council is also involved and uh, Trafford uh, Housing Trust. Uh, they have all come together with this one purpose in trying to tackle the inequality uh, in, in, uh, in terms of healthcare for uh, this uh, group of patients. And it has all been made even more clear with COVID-19 that uh, it's something that we need to do something about. And it may be very wise investing a pound into this, um, uh, helping this uh, this group, um, uh, because it clearly has an effect. So, um, so we can see that it's, uh, when we look at the clinical outcome data, that we are capable of helping them. And... Uh, they are actually um, they are very motivated. Um, they they know that um, if they do something about this themselves, they they may actually help themselves not to
0: uh, to get uh,
1: to get ill with uh,
0: COVID. And one topic that we talk about a lot on side load is AI. Now, what role do you think AI will play? Because you don't think it's going to have an immediate impact hmm. that many are claiming it will, do you?
1: No, we are actually. Um, We're quite skeptical in terms of AI taking over the role of healthcare professionals and health coaches. The way we see it instead is that AI can be used to support health coaches and healthcare professionals in doing their work even smarter and even better. So our approach, and this is uh, quite controversial in, in many health tech companies, because most health tech companies actually are trying to figure out how to do everything automated and how to to make sure that AI come in and replace uh, work done by healthcare professionals. We, we see it differently in Lever Healthcare. Uh, we would like to empower healthcare professionals that are really good at what they do in making sure that they can reach more patients. They can have better tools in, in doing what they're good at so they can um, be more effective in, in what they do. So the way we have approached uh, um, AI is basically that we have uh, allowed um, our, our staff, our development uh, department to use AI to support the healthcare professionals in doing their work smarter. And let me give you some examples of how that's working in reality. So if you are a health coach and you're looking after several patients... And you're coming to the profile page of uh, the patient that you're going to, to coach uh, on a Monday morning. Um, then instead of having to sit down and read through all the charts and all the messages uh, from the, the patient, um, AI will have done most of that work for you before you even hit the profile page and will summarize um, the conclusions for the coach. And we'll, we'll look at the charts and we'll sum up what the conclusions are. So you don't really have to spend a lot of time sitting and going through, uh, like with your, your index finger or your your, your pointing finger on the screen and seeing, hmm, this is how this is the direction of uh, of travel. You can simply um, you can simply read the recap and the summary, and AI will also um, propose um, certain actions based on on those patterns that uh, it reads from the data flow. And, um, and will in that way assist the health coaches to do their work even better and even smarter. So so we have a different approach to AI. We don't think it should replace people in, uh, in healthcare. We think it should support them to do their work smarter and better. And uh, that's what we are focused at at Lever Healthcare.
0: Got it. Okay. Well, um, how do health tech startups get off the ground? We'll talk all about that with Rune shortly. But first, let's listen to this clip from the last episode of Sideload, where we talked about diversity in tech. I think Sat mentioned you know, the, the true importance of having a truly diverse um, leadership team is so important. You know, there's no point in attracting and hiring diverse junior team if, if it doesn't reflect the top. you know, if, if, if um, they don't get the same opportunities, if their voices aren't heard, because um, then that's not being inclusive. So I think success, truly being diverse, again, like the word, it's, it's almost becoming a buzzword right now, but um, does it truly represent
1: everyone is, is the question.
0: You're listening to Sideload, and today we're talking all about health tech. Rune Beck, the co-founder and chairman of Lever Healthcare, is our guest. So, Rune, um, tell me about the work that you're doing with with, uh, Lever Healthcare at the moment. Uh, There's a lot of... Well, let's start with that. What are you doing with um, uh, Lever that you've not talked about already? What are the main things that you're tackling?
1: Well, we started out in in Scandinavia um, five years ago. Um, That was the, the kickstart of the company. We had a number of uh, of Danish uh, and Swedish uh, health regions that uh, that bought the, the solution and implemented personal uh, digital health coaching uh, to their patients, both uh, diabetic patients, but also obese patients and heart patients. So, and then came up the NHS um, opportunity. We moved into uh, to Britain. Uh, got an office in London and um, and saw very quickly that the NSS opportunity was growing rapidly and uh, generating a lot of uh, of uh, interest in our solution from from many other countries. So in the course of the last um, couple of years, we have been expanding uh, quite uh, rapidly. Uh, Libre Healthcare is now present in ten countries uh, around the world with uh, with our personal health health. Uh, coaching platform and the programs that uh, comes with it, Um, which means that we are today in in countries like uh, Canada. We are in Singapore. We have just launched in Australia actually a couple of weeks ago with Bupa, the insurance company, uh, that are offering this to their uh, diabetic patients. Uh, We are also in the process of launching in in Holland and in Spain. And we have recently been um, selected by the EU uh, for a big Horizon 2020 uh, project. Um, together with a number of universities across um, six countries uh, um, in, in the EU. So um, it's um, taking off. Um, and uh, I would say that um, we, we owe a lot of thanks to the NSS for uh, selecting us, um, giving us the spotlight of being one of the, the chosen one that the NSS decided to, to work with. And we are working across many different sectors now. So, public healthcare providers like the NSS is only one uh, part of the uh, of what we do. Uh, we are also increasingly um, working with insurance companies that have a, um, a big self interest in making sure that their clients are not becoming ill, that they do not uh, catch any of these lifestyle-related diseases. Um, so there's a um, there's a win-win uh, for insurance companies. Um, they save money. Uh, but also their, their customers uh, are more healthy and will get a better life. So for them, it's a, it's a, often a no-brainer to try to offer solutions that will uh, make their, their clients uh, stay healthier for longer. Yeah. Uh, a third um, type of uh, work that we're doing is with uh, pharmaceutical companies that see an interest in, apart from just taking the drug, that you have been prescribed. Um, also, getting a personal health coach is a, a very powerful combination. So we are working with a, a number of pharmaceutical companies that are offering personal health coaching together with the, the drug that, uh, that the patients have been prescribed. So a kind of an integrated solution where you both get the, the medical treatment, but you also get somebody to take your hand and, uh, and guide you through um, how to live with the disease and how to manage your, um, your taking of the drug and how to uh, advise you uh, with, um, and answer your questions as you, you go along. So we have grown in terms of scope for liver Healthcare from, from initially just being public healthcare, but also to, to help insurance companies uh, keep their clients uh, healthier. Uh, and for um, patients taking uh, drugs for different uh, types of diseases uh, to, uh, to make sure that they, um, that they can stay healthy. One of the, the recent initiatives that, um, that just launched actually uh, uh, yesterday uh, was, uh, is a service launched by the Lloyd's Pharmacy in Britain that allows you, if you are obese, if you have a, a BMI, a body mass index uh, above 30, um, you can go into any Lloyd's pharmacy store and you can um, speak to a pharmacist and you can get a prescription for the Saxenda uh, drug uh, that uh, will help you lower your appetite and uh, help you in that way um, lower your body weight. Uh, but on top of that, Lloyd's is also offering that you get your own personal health coach. Um, so and Liva is powering this um, solution um together with, uh, with Lloyd's Pharmacy. So it's a, it's a way of combining health coaching with um, other services out there in the market, whether it's drugs or whether it's uh, insurance products or whether it's a straightforward prevention program offered by a public health care provider. Um, we are there behind the scenes as the plumbers, making sure that um, highly uh, educated and uh, trained health coaches uh, that know how to, to do personalized coaching Um, digitally, that they will serve the, uh, the clients and the participants in these programs to make sure that they reach their goals.
0: There's a lot of potential for innovation within health tech, but how easy is it to get up and running as a business, particularly as a startup, when there's so many regulatory hurdles to jump through?
1: Health tech is increasingly becoming more and more difficult to operate in because the Demands, uh, if if just we look at the NHS, the demands that they have for providers going to work with them in terms of privacy, security, uh, GDPR, uh, handling of sensitive data um, and um, auditing of your, your technical setup and so on. So the days where you could just two guys in the garage could set up a health check. Uh, Company uh, like myself, uh, what I did back in 98 when I founded NetDoctor, we were basically two guys in a a garage, myself and my business partner, uh, Dr. Carl Brandt, setting up NetDoctor back then and growing it to a pan European company with uh, over 200 uh, employees across uh, nine countries. I mean, those days are probably uh, gone. Um, It takes a lot of um, money. In order to get into this market, because you simply need to build technically uh, very mature and very um, solid uh, solutions, in order to fulfill the the criteria uh, that that's often set up by the NSS or by insurance companies or pharma companies. They cannot uh, risk that patient data is not handled in a in a very serious way. So uh, it takes a quite um, a quite big tech team in order to to get all these things in in place and also if you need to offer services both for a an iPhone public via the an iOS app or and you also have to offer it through Android and you have to offer a web solution it adds all complexity uh, to the um, to the development process so the the bar has been raised quite a lot in the uh, just in the past 2 3 years i mean the, the number of things that you have to live up to uh, if you want to work with organizations like the NETES or VUPA or other big players in this uh, market um, makes it difficult uh, for, for new, new start-up companies to, uh, to get into the field. But uh, if you raise enough money and you have the right team, of course you, you can do it. And um, I would say that there's a lot of opportunities still in the health tech space. I, I see... The next 10 years, I think there's massive opportunity in, in this space for helping uh, healthcare providers and healthcare payers solve some of the troubles that they, they have. The lowest hanging fruits are obviously what we've just been speaking about, the lifestyle related stuff, because it's so expensive. It costs a lot of money, both for insurance companies and, and uh, public uh, coffers, uh, but also in terms of helping um, hospital departments manage uh, their patients remotely. And self-help to patients in, in terms of managing their own disease, there's huge opportunities still waiting. So, But my advice to, um, to new startups would be to, to raise uh, enough money in order to do it seriously in the first go. Um, because it's the first question you're going to be asked by new clients. It's uh, basically uh, about privacy, about security, about data handling. Uh, about certifications, about auditing and so on. And you need to get all these things in, in, in place. On top of that, you also have to do something innovative. And on top of that, you have to commercially be able to uh, to sell it, and convince people that uh, what you've got is is right. So it's increasingly becoming more and more complex to work in this space. And um, But um, the good idea combined with the right team is always a winning formula. So I would... Uh, I would uh, inspire anyone out there with a great idea to uh, to get get started. And uh, if you feel in any way that um, that you have questions you would like to ask me uh, from my now 22 year long journey in uh, through digital healthcare from the very very early days of the infant uh, infancy of the internet uh, up until today with a, um, a big uh, partnership with the NSS and Bupa and other big organisations, I'd be happy to. Uh, to help out, so, so please reach out and uh, and ask.
0: Now, this might be an interesting question to ask you, bearing in mind the fact that you work with this uh, organisation, we've spoken about it already, um, but the NHS is often criticised for being slow to um, adopt new technologies. How digital do you think the NHS is at present, and is it moving quickly enough to keep pace in the digital age?
1: Yeah, I heard all that before I met the team back in, in May fifteen. Um, so I heard all the bad stories and, and then I went to that very first meeting in, in London in May 15 and I heard the visionary uh, plans that the, uh, they had put together uh, within NSS England and I was quite surprised that it was nothing like what I had been told and that actually there was a vision and there was money to back it up and there was a clear plan for how to move forward and I would say Having been working with them now since we signed our contract in the autumn of uh, 2017 and till this date, I have only been pleasantly surprised uh, time and time again by the uh, the speed of which they're working with, the uh, the way they're listening to their providers, um, the way they're listening to the patients um, and to the GPs that are also involved with, with uh, these uh, different um, programs and are referring patients into the programs. Uh, I have only seen a very competent and very uh, fast-moving team uh, that uh, have been able to pull it off against, I guess, a lot of uh, internal troubles of getting budget and uh, fighting their corner and uh, and so on. Um, so I I must say that I've been uh, I've been impressed and uh, it's been a pleasure working with them so far. I know that uh, it's not always easy to work in big organizations like uh, the NSS, but. Um, uh, but I'm so happy that we have been able to uh, actually to deliver a success story for them. That we are capable of proving through clinical data that um, digital solutions are working, are driving um, better lives for the patients involved here, and are uh, coming at a relatively low cost in terms of the. Uh, if you make a return on investment calculation, you will see that this is uh, actually very smart to move into. Uh, prevention and move into uh, disease trying to stop the progression of diseases uh, in order to save money and uh, help people live a a better life
0: great well rune thanks so much for joining us on the show and um, a big thanks to you for listening to this episode of sideload don't forget to subscribe to the podcast just search edelman uk and if you want to get in touch send us an email to sideload at edelman.com see you next time